Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Woo! That's better anyway. Uh, I'm Chris. This week I am joined by Dan and Gav. Hello. And we're back in Glasgow at the Glasgow Film Festival. Uh, so we want to thank the festival for inviting us back. Uh, last year we went on for much longer than we should have done and yeah. I'm surprised we've... Yeah, they said you can come back but if you don't do the last 40 minutes we're not going to understand what you're saying. <laughs> so we promised to do a tight hour this year and we won't have Mark Miller talking and talking and talking and talking. Or, or telling just really weird stories as well because by the end I've listened to that back and by the end the stories you'd be like he definitely shouldn't be saying Yeah, it's like this. the problem with Tom Cruise is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we thought we'd kick off by doing something a little bit Scottish. Yeah. Uh, so I asked the guys to pick their favourite ever Scottish <laughs> video game character. Is that a weird thing to start with? I didn't think that, w- that would be a thing to like... silence from yeah. it. It's like, motherfuckers. <laughs> I googled it, and there's loads of features about the best ever Scottish yeah, game Yeah, can characters. I point out one of the features that you found? Okay. It is actually code. I'm not going to say what name the website is, because that would be professional. Be unprofessional. <laughs> it is called the, the, the URL is Okai the New. It's Gaming's Greatest Scots. <laughs> All right. So let's see if we can do this in a respectful way. Uh, Gavin, who is your favourite ever Scottish video game character? Like favourite is a is a, a really odd one, but I think the one that I most enjoy is in the new Tomb Raider. There's a guy from Glasgow in that. Does anyone remember this? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a good is that a good Glasgow guy or a bad one? Because for me, it was pretty bad because every second of the way he happens to mention that he's from Glasgow. It's like, he's got a knife to his throat and he's like, can I mention I'm from Glasgow? You've got a knife to your throat! Like, What's that about? Like, he's just constantly dropping it in. And like, as someone who pretty much crowbars into every sentence where I'm from, I, I sort of... Where are you from? I, no, I did. I'm from Wales. Oh, really? You never yeah. mention it. Never yeah. bring it up. <laughs> like, I sort of got a taste of my own medicine because he just mentions Glasgow a lot. Even though Glasgow is obviously an amazing place. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, Daniel, who is your favourite ever Scottish video Yeah, so I, li- I lived with two Scottish people for about five years. You know. Scotch, I believe they like to be called. Yeah. Two um, they love that. Yeah. So, you know, I know, I, know, I, know, I know the Scottish people, and I hate like, the way that they're kind of parodied and stereotyped in media. Well, why so, do you keep doing impressions of them in the office? Because I'm a racist. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to go for the character, because I hate that sort of... Like, I, I wanted to like, pick a like, kind of nuanced character. Okay. So I'm going to go for a character that's in a Mortal Kombat room. Path called Kasumi Ninja. The name of the character is Angus McGregor. <laughs> and this is from the official character description for Angus. He's a blacksmith, as I imagine most people in Scotland Most are, people in here are right? blacksmiths. I think that's quite a common profession here. And um, the constant pounding of hot iron made Angus a burly man. And then he says, Angus always won easily and soon became obsessed with fighting. Um, his fatality, because it's more combat ripoff, he headbutts his opponent's head so hard he headbutts their head off screen. <laughs> and he lifts up his kill to unleash a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that tonight. Can yeah. anyone in this room do that? <laughs> we should say as well, so we've got some uh, question sheets which have probably been handed out. If you have any questions for us to say at the end, bring them up and just drop them on the um, front of the stage there and we might weed them out. But yeah. 
do, do that. Do do that. Because that was the only good bit of last year was the questions, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I don't really play a lot of games because my, my first one was Scrooge McDuck. And he started off in cartoons. Yeah. So I've gone for not a person, but the Highland level of Lemmings. Has anyone played that? They play Scotland the Brave. Uh, there's a lock in it. Okay. I think there's some bottles which I think might be whiskey, which I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. And it ends with the Loch Ness Monster. So oh. everything you can want in the Scottish level. I don't, I'm not sure if you saw on the train, but when we were coming up, we went past like a really nice uh, bit of water. I went, oh, look, it's Loch Ness. And you went, is it? Did you actually think it was Loch Ness? No. Oh. I'm, not. <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, I, you, thought, I thought you generally thought I knew it was Loch Ness because Todd, Ted Danson wasn't there. <laughs> as soon as we passed over the threshold to Scotland, you bought an iron brew. Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> right, let's get on to the real subject. Uh, video game movies. Right. There haven't been many good ones, but we you talked were. about it in the office the other day and realised there actually have, if you think about it and come at it laterally. Okay. So we're going to talk about the greatest uh, video game movies that have ever been made, and Daniel's going to start by talking about adaptations. Yeah, so the thing about adaptations is, like, I looked at, like, all the video game movies, and the first one of kind of, like, the modern era is... So it goes from 93 to 94 to 95, you get Super Mario Bros, you get... I don't know why I said bros. Bros. Stupid thing. You've been hanging out with Rory too long, man. So I just read it, then. What yeah. a twat. Uh, <laughs> Double Dragon, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. And I look at them and go... If I was making a movie, there are literally the worst games to adapt. I don't know, man. The Mortal Kombat film is good. No, but like all those games, With Christopher are, Lambert. And but but you play song. none of those games based on story or character, which are things that you can translate into a movie. Story, fair enough. Character, no, though. Like Mortal Kombat, you play character for. They're not characters, though. They're like kind of shells of characters. They're like 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 Angus Scorpion. McGregor. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they're like they've not no backstory these are like the worst movies to adapt into a like the worst games to adapt into a movie yeah, because you've so. got to fill in all those gaps you play Mario yeah. because of the mechanics you play a fighting game because of the mechanics yeah. people might go oh, I play Mortal Kombat for the story you do not well, that's a, you yeah. play it because you get to rip someone's head off yeah, someone said and you're that, a psycho like Dale said that on the podcast that's going to go live this week he's like oh yeah the story mode in Street Fighter 5 is like it's not, it's not there it's only half a story who's playing Street Fighter 5 for the story yeah <laughs> So, so if you were going to adapt that, you've obviously got a tremendous amount of work to do from the get-go. You've got yeah. to create characters, which, as you're doing that, you take it further away from the source material. Yeah. And you can't adapt what's good about Mario, obviously, into a movie, because it's jumping. Like, nobody's <laughs> playing that game, the story. The story is a pretense for you to face obstacles and to negotiate yeah. them and get to the end. So Isn't that what every movie is, though? People that face obstacles and then yeah, negotiate but, but, them? Yeah, but then why does it have to be an adaptation of that thing? Because yeah. if you're green-lighting these movies, because people like Mario, they like it, but not for that reason. Yeah. And then they'll go to it and go, that's nothing like what I enjoy, because you can't put that in a film, because it's like trying to paint music. Yeah. You can maybe approximate it. It's deep. It is deep. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, had two wait, pints. Wait, so a few more of these. <laughs> but you, can, like, you could approximate it, but you're not going like, to lose what is distinct about it, yeah, why okay. people like playing video games. I yeah. feel like you're listing bad ones. I've swore to people we were going to do good well, ones. Well, we're going to talk about the process of adaptation. Okay. And then, so we're going to go on to like, some of the okay ones. Okay. Like... like that was the first wave, and then we go into like the early 2000s, and we get kind of like Tomb Raider, we get Resident Evil, and Silent Hill, mm-hmm. and movies, and Prince of Persia, the movies that kind of do okay, because I think what you're happening here, you've also got games are evolving in that time, yeah. so you've got games that can slowly start to do story in a meaningful and decent way. So there's more for the adaptation to latch onto. 
And that's maybe why you get better game movies as time goes on. Yeah, the, maybe. the source material. It feels like you're disagreeing with that. I'm not. Have we got good ones, though? Uh, what, have they been, what have been... What, in your opinion... He's like, uh, uh, maybe. Just checking Twitter. Was, <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing this, though, because that was definitely the okay. name of the section. Okay. What is your favourite game adaptation? Or what, in your opinion, has been the best one? Um, Same thing. I think... I don't know. It's like, hard. This, this one's harder for him. We've, in our sections, we've actually got genuinely good films. We've got whereas... some feedback, though, haven't we? Some people yeah, have written like, in people and like lots of stuff. Like... People like, so this is from um, Colin Furs, who says, My favourite video game movie is Doom, starring Dwayne Johnson. I'm aware. <laughs> who calls him Dwayne Johnson? So, sorry, Colin. I think people are laughing at Doom. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> ultimately, I think people are laughing at Colin. Uh, so, sorry, Colin. Uh, my favourite, yeah, he says Doom. I'm aware it's not a great film. Um, but first person, the first person sequence is amazing and captures the essence of the game it's portraying. It's all right. But it doesn't, though. Like, that, I, I would know. think it doesn't because, yeah, you put it in first person. But See, you're talking about people laughing at you or Doom or Colin. I actually went to the first screening of Doom and people laughed at someone who was in the audience because Dexter Fletcher's in that. I don't know if people know who Dexter Fletcher is. If you don't, Google him. He's here tonight, so <laughs> I won't tell the story then. Uh, he's in it, and he's terrible in it. And he plays a guy in a wheelchair. He's just, his, his accent's terrible. And he brought his nephew to the screening. It was quite a small screening. And every time he was on screen, people laughed. Oh. And he ended up leaving with his nephew because he was so embarrassed. <laughs> his nephew was like, why are you a joke? Get off the mic. <laughs> he's a really good director now. Yeah. He's directed A the Eagle, which yeah. is coming out this year. It's really good. So we it has should, a happy um, ending, kind of. Yeah. We should forward him, forward him on Colin's email. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Even though Colin Eddie does Eagle? say, I'm aware it's not a great film. So he gives yeah. and takes. I didn't know that. I didn't know he directed Eddie Eagle. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Well done, Dex. Uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> Dex. <laughs> so this is from Adam, who says that his favourite video game movie is Resident Evil. Action-packed, interesting, and not too ridiculous in some of the sequels. <laughs> might have he sets a, a high a premium laser, on like, ridicule. There's a bit where the laser cuts a guy into cubes. Yeah, not too ridiculous. Not too ri- a little bit ridiculous, ridiculous is fine uh, for Adam. Not too ridiculous. Nah. And there's another Resident Evil, isn't there? Another Resident Evil fan. Yeah. So this is the thing. Where, so um, this is Scott. Scott has written in. He said, "I would like to put forward Resident Evil Apocalypse. The way that they bring Raccoon City to life and incorporate fan favorite Jill Valentine into the movies is fantastic. With some great action sequences. Um, and he says, like the depiction of Nemesis is great. And I feel like this is the problem with a lot of video game movies is. Obviously, people who've written into us are people who like video games a lot and want them to be very faithful adaptations of the source material. So yeah. he cites the fact that the bad guy in that movie looks very like the bad guy in the source material. But that does not make a good no. video game. Same as the first-person sequence in Doom. Yeah, that's interesting. You've done it first-person. You're kind yeah. of going, oh, this is what it's a bit like in the game. But that's not what you like. I think that's entirely the problem. with uh, Resident Evil... The movies are good adaptations of the games, but they're not good horror films. Yeah, mm. it's a good horror game, and it just it just doesn't quite work. They should have gone, they shouldn't have been so slavishly sort of loyal to it. Yeah, mm. but the problem with that is, I think in the time that Resident Evil has also lost any sense of its own identity. Yeah. There, there's no template. Like the movies actually been more consistent than the games, if anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's been one of the most successful uh, movie series, though. You've got Tomb Raider, you've got um, Resident Evil, and um, Prince of Persia are the ones that have made money. Yeah. Did you? What did you say about Tomb Raider early on the train? Because this is amazing. What IGN gave it. 
Oh, yeah. So I was doing some research on Wikipedia where all the best research is done. And <laughs> doing research on Wikipedia about our site. On a train, <laughs> tethered to my phone, going, we, we prepared. Uh, so the review, IGN review for Tomb Raider gave it a zero, which I didn't even know how to descriptor. And the descriptor <laughs> is disaster. You have, well done, you've made a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> which is usually a natural phenomenon, but you made it. Um, and yet, if you adjust for inflation, I think it's probably the most successful video game movie there's ever been so. it did really well yeah actually so a couple of years ago um, when the Nice for Speed movie came out we did some stuff with Aaron Paul where we got him to play um, Need for Speed Rivals I think was the game at the yeah. time he didn't want it though, with did Dominic Cooper yeah because he was shit <laughs> it's like, do you want to play Speed? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, I'm, yeah, big gamer, me. Yeah, big gamer. Do you want to play it? Ah, uh, can do. <laughs> He's never said Xbox. He's like on. putting the controller in his mouth. This is all you do. Yeah. So we basically went to this screening room to like set it up, and we were going to get him to like take Dominic Cooper head to head. And there was some kind of setup time where there was like, oh, do you want to speak to the director? He really wants to speak to someone. It's like, well, I don't really want to speak. Like, we've mainly come for Aaron Paul. And he sat down. I had not prepped for this guy whatsoever. Didn't know really who he was. So it was his first movie. He sat down. And, like, I was chatting to him in, like, cinema chairs while we were, like, playing the game. And I was like, well, so why do, you, why do you think there's been a great video game movie so far? And he was like, actually, I, I made Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. Well, if you let me finish, apart from, yeah. apart from Tomb Raider. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was, and we filmed it. So you can, you can see how horrible that actually is. She's just like crying, like one tear, like the naked Indian. Yeah, but his movie made $200 million, so he's fine. Yeah. There have, however, been some good documentaries about have, video yeah. games. So, this is what, so basically, we split this up. Like Daniel took adaptations, I took documentaries, because I generally think the good thing about this is, about video game documentaries, uh, the, the best ones anyway there's been quite a lot of them but the best ones are ones that really focus itself so take like a snippet and the same with best like documentaries where they take a snippet of a world and really really focus in on it and some of those like video game documentaries being the same thing and I think like Indie Game the movie for me like a lot of people sort of feel kind of two ways about it because it is quite twee and it is quite sort of over emotional and the way that it's shot sort of all sort of like really soft focus and blurry and the characters they've chosen basically if you haven't seen Indie Game the movie is a bunch of indie um, game developers who are either just about to release a game or have released a game and the characters they picked are like Phil Fish uh, Edward and uh, Tommy for the, who did made Super Meat Boy Phil Fisher made Fares and Jonathan Blow made Braid uh, they're really emotional guys so they're really like big characters so when they talk about like their craft and stuff it's almost like Werner Herzog-ish because they're really sort of like over the top with it um, and you're kind of watching them sort of making, especially the Super Meat Boy guys, they're talking about like putting their life and soul into these games. It's a little red dot running around getting blood all over him. And I just think like it's such a brilliant documentary. Yeah, I think this? I think it's really lovely. Yeah, yeah, no, I went to I went to the world premiere. I interviewed Phil Fish outside oh, the screening amazing. room. Yeah, yeah. Um, How was Phil Fish? Very nice, actually. Yeah, very yeah, complicated. He seems like a complicated gentleman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I imagine me as one. What do you take away? Complicated. complicated. Yeah, it's yeah. really. I think the film. You're, like, you're right, Phil. The, the game. He was still embroiled in issues with the game, and yeah. so like the question was, what's happening with the game? And he that was the last thing he wanted to talk about. Yeah, but because um, I think that was the problem with it, with they basically embedded themselves with him while he's trying to make it, and he's really struggling to make this game. Plus, really struggling to have them with. <laughs> I've, like, got, I've got a lot on. Just like constantly <laughs> asking him, so what's happening with this game then? Plus, he's got all these external people as well going, what's happening with this game then? Just like all sort of embarrassing. And that's kind of why he's quit life, really. 
Um, but it's, I, I think it's a brilliant documentary, but a lot of people really don't like it because... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of like like a lot within games, people sort of think this is a bit sort of overwrought. It got a positive review on IGN. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, Tomb Raider got a disaster, there are some even better documentaries, though, aren't there? There are some even better ones as well. So one, actually, that's not on our list um, oh. but is Super Game Jam. That's a documentary series. It's a series of documentaries that was done by Devolver Digital. And basically what it does is it takes two indie developers, whacks them in a flat together, and tells them to make a game in a week. And they make a documentary, right? plus you can buy the game for it at the end. And I think like giving it a little story, giving it like an actual thing to do, is a really, really good thing, and it makes for a really, really good series, in the same way that Atari Game Over does. So Atari Game Over is about this sort of urban myth that there's a landfill somewhere filled with cartridges of E.T., which is widely believed like one of the worst games ever made. And they had so many cartridges left over that they had to chuck them in a landfill. And it's about these people who go out and try and find this landfill and try and dig them all back up. And I, I did really like that because it's a focused story, and... And you like landfills. And I like landfills, exactly. And I like E.T. And I did really like that, but... <laughs> you were like, what is this movie? Yeah. But that, that film left me a kind of a little bit cold, I think. Um, because even though it was exactly what I wanted, which was a completely focused story, I, don't know, it's just, I just didn't feel anything for that kind of journey. I was like, if they find it, I don't care. Like, <laughs> which is kind of bad. But I think, like, there's some really, like, bad video game documentaries. I think the bad ones are the ones that try and cover video games, like, video games, people are playing them, huh? Like, and there's been so many of those, like, Charlie Brooker's thing, like, I know a lot of people who worked on that show, but, and a lot of people who were in it, but it's one of those things where it's just like, can you believe there's been all these video games? Like, video, it's like how video games change the world, and you're watching it going, all right, give me, give me like, it's ten like, minutes on Minecraft, and it's like, what? Again, we probably should have talked about the train up. If, yeah. if we're talking about no, the no, good no, ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do the good ones. But, obviously, I think... People, the widely believe like one of the best documentaries and best films, I think. I think it probably would sneak into my top ten films ever. Um, and that's King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, which was shown here last year, actually. Uh, in this room, I believe. In this room? In this very room. You can smell it. <laughs> that was me. No, that's, that's, the, me. Hot, that's the hops. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, like, for that, has everyone else seen, has everyone seen King of Kong? No. A few nods. A few nods. Okay, well, if you there will be King of that. Kong spoilers. Yeah, there will be, a t- like, tiny spoilers, but you should definitely check it out, because even if you're remotely into video games, you will love it. I showed it to my girlfriend, who's not really into video games, but it's got everything. It's got, like, good versus evil. It's got a goodie and a baddie. You won't believe some of the characters that they find. Um, like, you would, like, some of the people who are real life, you look at these people and you go, I want to see just a documentary on that one person. I want to follow him where he goes after all this. Well, uh, well when the film came out and got a, a, a good reception, they were going to make a fictional yeah, f- version ages. of the film, and Will Ferrell was going to play Billy Mitchell, who's kind of the villain of the piece. Uh, well, at some point, Tom Cruise was attached as well. Uh, but the, the thing is, like, no matter how wild Will Ferrell yeah. got, he wouldn't compare to what this guy is. Like, no. it, Or you wouldn't believe it. Which is underscored by the fact he's real. Yeah. He is real. He owns in... Uh, what is it? Is it he lives in Hollywood, Orlando. Yeah. Mm. Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. And he owns his own chain of fast food restaurants and he owns a hot, hot sauce. sauce business. Yeah. But he's also the greatest video game player of all time. And he's also got the best collection of ties ever. Yeah. Uh, Mainly Stars and Stripes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the hero, the hero, Steve Weeby, who's such yeah. a, a sympathetic character, mm. he cries many times during that film. Yeah. And I went to the first screening of that one in the world in, okay. in, in Texas and. At the end of the film, the, the, the guy came out. Like, it got such a great reception. And at the end of the film, 
uh, the host came out and said, by the way, we've got a surprise. Just sitting in the front row there is Steve Weeby. And we all looked over oh. and he was just weeping <laughs> again. <laughs> again, that man loves to cry. Steve, you're right, mate. Steve's not coming out. But then, but then we all queued. I mean, everyone queued up in that cinema just to give him a hug. Oh. And you would if you'd yeah, just seen yeah, that yeah. film. And he's such a, an amazing human being. We but. were just talking about it over there. We were sort of like standing in front of. Uh, we were playing Nibbler for a bit, and it's just like he's such a really nice guy. But when he's when he's playing it, he's so determined to do it. And there's no sort of. You get Billy Mitchell, who is this like larger than life kind of character, almost like cartoon bad guy sort of thing. And then you get this guy who there's just no pretense about him. What he is is what he is, and you completely see. And I think to see, you really want him to succeed because mm. he's sort of this hero that you, everyone kind of sees a little bit of themselves in him as well. And I think they say, you know, they say he's got this drive, but for whatever reason. Everything that he's been good at, like music, sports, like he's never quite been a, able to get to It was actually quite a sad sequence in the movie. It's about five, ten minutes where his wife, his brother, his Who friends cries, yeah. are, all, are all like, like yeah, his yeah he's, he's actually Look, failed at everything he's yeah. ever done. Um, he's really talented. <laughs> if I was watching back, I'm going, <laughs> it's true. Do you all think this? <laughs> it's amazing though, but you just mentioned Nibbler. Yeah. There is a Nibbler documentary. There is a Nibbler documentary. I don't know if any of you are hanging around after this for Man vs. Snake. No, Christ. there's not a soul in here hanging around for Man vs. Snake. It's really good. Well, let's, let's point you in the direction of Man vs. Snake. It's a really yeah. good film. It's quite similar in structure to King of Kong, mm. uh, except rather than Donkey Kong, it is uh, Nibbler, and it's a yeah. guy trying to trying to beat the record that he... Did he fail to first time? I've points. seen it yeah. To get a billion points. So um, Nibbler is one of the only original arcade machines that has... Um, nine digits, you can roll it over and get over a billion points. Right, yeah. And he tries to go for a billion points, which takes about 40 hours, I think, to do. Christ. It's depressing as hell, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> There's this, basically, you're watching a guy just sit at a machine for yeah. days on end. And I mean, the film's better than that. Time. You're not selling it? No, I like, <laughs> I like things that are depressing as hell. Yeah. I love watching a man play a game for 40 hours. Well, I think the good thing about King Kong and uh, Man vs. Snake is they obviously realise... These, these directors realise, hang on, watching someone play a video game, regardless of YouTubers and Let's Plays, forget about those for a second, but watching that is actually, isn't actually that interesting. So the stuff that they employ, which is like a lot of animation, yeah. is the best part. Some of well, the that's retelling really my old yeah. stuff as well. And also, this kind of... Well, it's not really a sequel to King of Kong, but there's a lot of the same people carry over, like yeah. Walter Day, Billy Mitchell. The people that gravitate towards that competitive arcade scene around these classic games, yeah. they're incredible people. Yeah. Like, Walter Day is a ridiculous person. Oh, I lovely. can't believe he's a real person. Mm, yeah. Same with Billy Mitchell. So they make it very interesting. Mm. Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's seen King of Kong. Uh, is that it for Docs, though? I think so, yeah, pretty much. I've got some bad ones as well, but I'm not going to go into those because you shot me. Because they're going to be, we're going to be positive. We're going to be positive. We, we've, yeah. we've done enough podcasts about the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, films that have been inspired by video games, of which there have been a hell of a lot, and some of them are actually really good. Yeah. Um, kicking off with Tron. Although I don't know what I've never spoke to you guys about this. What are your feelings on Tron? I liked it when I was a kid. Don't like it oh. now. <laughs> what changed? Did you change or did the film change? I think I changed. Okay. As, as a person, I've grown. Um, I think I found it. I loved it when I was a kid, but then when I was a bit older, I think I found it a little bit boring. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of fair because when you're a kid, you're not like, I don't know, maybe I had toys in front of me. So for the boring bits, I was just like, this is, I'm down here now. But when you're, <laughs> when you're older and you're actually just sitting and watching, I just, I don't know, I find it drags a little bit. It's a great setup, isn't yeah. it? The first 20 minutes, and, and then when they start doing the, the games, it's like, oh. 
Is that yeah. it? Is that it? Is that it? And it was... I mean, the effects were spectacular, but again, after 20 minutes of watching the effect, even back then, it's quite... Like, um, your thoughts on Tron? I think it's dated really badly. So if you could... We're talking about the old one, not the new one, because the new one is... Oh, that's it. Oh, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges' face is dated really badly. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main takeaway from Tron. His face looks like it's a ghost face stuck onto a head. I actually know someone who watched that, who watched the original, and didn't realise that was supposed to be Jeff Bridges when he was younger. It was that bad. They were like... It's meant to be the same person. What is it? I've got an email from Elliot O'Neill, so who says, having thought long and hard about it, my favourite video game movie is probably Tron Legacy. Oh, Christ, Elliot. Uh, <laughs> thanks for writing in there. Are you so. not here, are you? <laughs> are you here, Elliot? Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, while the film wasn't fantastic, fair enough, Yeah. Um, I just remember being mesmerised with the setting and the music. It made me want to go away and play games. Yeah, the, music, the soundtrack and is incredible. Totally. I still listen yeah. to the soundtrack all the time. Um, so not, not a huge... It, it, it came out in 82, and 83 war games came out, and it felt yeah. like uh, film producers were trying to figure out what to do with this new thing. Yeah. Like, everyone's playing games, but how do we put them on screen? How can we make money out of this? Yeah. And, and, and so it kind of gently feeds into war games, like yeah. this fear of hack- people have computers in their houses now, and they're going to become hackers, and yeah. we're all going to die, and World War Three is going to happen. I, um, I think, like, I, I was pushing for war games to be on your list because I was like, I've just... Remember, even now, I think it's a really good film. And I think almost like another, another film, but I won't mention this on your list, but like it, it takes the thing, it takes the culture of video games. And like this is a kid who just loves playing video games and then actually has to apply that in kind of the real world. And I think that's kind of everyone's dream, isn't it? You'd be like, I'm really good at this game, so now I can do it for the army. <laughs> Which feeds nicely into. Exactly. Um, two films that came out in 84, one of which I grew up on and loved, yeah. and one of which I never heard of till a month ago. So, the first one is The Last Starfighter, which I think is the best video game movie Brilliant, that yeah. isn't, you know, adapted from one. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's about a kid, it's, it's, it's made in 1984, it's about a kid who lives in a trailer park, his life's yeah. going nowhere, but he's really good at this video game, in the one video game on the trailer park, and it's called Starfighter. And it turns out the video game, the arcade machine, has been put on all these planets all over the galaxy to find the best starfighter to fight in this cosmic yeah. battle. Yeah. And it's basically the plot of Pixels, if you've seen Pixels, but not shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's such a lovely, amazing, inspiring, fun kids' movie. Yeah. And it hasn't really stood the test of time. Like, I don't think people talk about it anymore, but have you watched it, Dad? I think so, but when I was a kid, I can't really remember it. Oh, I loved it. So that's the end of that. So <laughs> it's like one of those things where, you know, you, like when you're a kid and your parents are like, you shouldn't play video games. Like I could, I could save the world. That's what I could be doing. <laughs> uh, another one is a film called Cloak and Dagger, which I'd never heard of. Yeah. Uh, but it starred Henry Thomas, who was in ET. Came out a couple of years later, and it was kind of Atari got involved because they were developing a game that was similar to the plot, and so they kind of fused. And it's a really good kids adventure movie mm. uh, where he gets this kid gets embroiled with these spies he ends up killing people um, which are, is always good in a kid's film yeah. and, um, <laughs> he's like got a gun to his he's like crying and swearing I don't want to I don't want to but the, but the, the character it's, it's weird the character from the game um, appears in real life and starts kind of mentoring him okay. and um, it's it was it ended up being more successful than the game that it was based on so I don't I don't think it ever got a release in the UK so Cloak and Dagger is well worth a look. I found it on Amazon and, yeah. and bought it there. But um, recently we've had some really interesting ones. Uh, 2010, um, we had Scott Pilgrim. That was awesome. Based on a comic book. Yeah. Oh, 
Scott Pilgrim fan? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? <laughs> Based on a uh, comic book, but a comic book that's inspired by video games. Yeah. And I don't know. I love the comic book. I don't love the movie. It's got really? a real cult following, but for me, it it just felt like a, once once you realise what the structure is, where it's yeah. a bunch of end of level baddies. Um, once I've seen three of them, and I know there's a bunch more to go, I got a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I can kind of, I can kind of see that, but Sorry. like I, I was a really big fan of Comic Con. I saw it, and I, I don't know. I just for that it was a, for, me, for when I was watching, I was thinking this is a perfect adaptation. There's nothing that I don't think is bad about this, and I think because they had like you know like the Fountain Fury like music and things like that, and I don't know. I just loved it. I it was really, clever. Really loved I think it. for me as well, my problem it was, funny was as well. It was a really Michael Sarah wasn't my Scott Pilgrim. It was one of those films where. The character I'd read on the on the page okay. wasn't the guy that I saw on screen, and so that was bugging me. Really, I, I think that's I think it's like perfect casting. I and love I the rest of the cast. Like, I a lot of people don't like Michael Cera. I fucking love him. I like him, but I just he wasn't the Scott Pilgrim that who I had you, in my who head. Do you have? Do you have anyone oh in mind? God, I had a Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, would have, I would have done it. I was what was I at the time? I was sixteen. I wasn't doing anything. I definitely have done that. <laughs> and it's. You were 16 in 2010. You were not, Bull. Um, <laughs> Rory uh, was eight. <laughs> and also, it's that tournament structure, though. You were talking about this, Dan, about how sometimes a game structure doesn't work for a movie. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tournament, effectively, uh, which is why Street Fighter didn't work, which is why um, Mortal Kombat, for me, yeah. didn't really work. No, 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 work. to be fair, like, I, I do love the Mortal Kombat film, but the thing that you, it just doesn't work is just like, oh, we're fighting this tournament. Yeah. We'll, we'll just fight now. Was, like, like, I know we're talking about movies, bring that slightly back to games those mm. old structures have stopped working for games <laughs> yeah. like games that try to tell ambitious complex nuanced stories go oh, should we do a boss now <laughs> yeah. why why should we be doing a boss now yeah. and there's games that recently got berated for doing that because it's kind of an inherited thing this is something yeah. we feel like we should be doing because players expect it people, even though it runs counter to maybe a story beat you want to hit yeah definitely like pe- people like I really like The Last of Us and people hail us it's like amazing game but Last of Us is still has that shitty thing where you walk into a room and it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of crates here and I can open them up and there's loads of ammo. And I walk out and there's a giant room. It's like, I wonder what's coming through those doors. Oh, it's a giant mutant. Like, why have you got that in this? Like, it doesn't, oh, and then later on, two giant mutants. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, get rid of that. Like, I know what you mean. Two more that I think are good. Uh, 2012, Wreck-It Ralph. You guys fans of Wreck-It Ralph? It's all right. I, I like the first half an hour. Yeah. I really like when they really... I like that concept of them all kind of working together and having a shared workplace. Yeah. So you see yeah. everyone. And then the last... It's like a not-quite-as-good Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And then it, and, and it becomes really sickly when they're just like... Sugar Rush is running around chocolate. Sugar yeah, rush. not a fan of Sugar Rush. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the beginning bit is, is brilliant. And then as soon as they go into Sugar Candy Rush... Candy Crush. It could be anything. It could be yeah. any world yeah. ever. It could be any game. It, like They could have done the entire thing there. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't get that. And I think trying to import the, like, the glitch thing, like I was like, this is so convoluted. I, I just don't care. Or you want to see more of Zangief. Like, yeah, in just Zangief and Bowser drinking his coffee. That's all I want. <laughs> well, I heard from the director they're going to do a sequel. Excellent. Um, so maybe they'll figure out what's, what they did right and what they did wrong. Well, I think that's right. I've think... watched a sequel. He certainly said they're talking yeah. to Nintendo about... Um, getting Mario, although I'm not supposed to say that yet. Done, mate. Oh, oh, yeah. Don't, no one, no one, no one, no one write that down. Well, I, I think, I think, yeah. with, I think, I think, right. with, edit yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think with Wreck-It Ralph, like obviously the first one is like building up trust, and I think it did well. 
So I think now video games publishers would be like, all right, you can use that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially Although, definitely Nintendo. Does anyone like write a blog or like tweet or anything like that? No. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, who knows if they'll get? Does anyone have access to the internet? <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows if they'll get Mario? Uh, moving on. Um, final one: Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's a good one. Got a good one from the audience. So, obviously, Tom Cruise movie. Uh, in very, very called Wreck Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Yeah. Uh, what all was you, the, All you need kill. All you need is kill. Multiple names. That thing, that thing, that movie with Tom Cruise. Based that. on a Japanese novel, uh, which was written by a guy who was trying to take what he loves about video games and put it in a movie. So it's respawning, it's regenerating. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of end-of-level bosses as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a really interesting idea for a film, but is it kind of the ultimate reason that why uh, maybe a video game doesn't work in a movie when you've got these rules in video games that don't apply to films? Again, I think that boils down to what you're going to seize upon to adapt into a movie. Whether you're going to go, like, if they make a Last of Us movie, if you go and try it, those are games that have rich yeah. characters and storylines you might want to adapt. Yeah. That is like a that's just kind of like a classic video game mechanic. Yeah. And I think you can work it up into a cool movie that's a bit of fun. But that's would while I think that that movie does a really good job of exploring that mechanic and why it's interesting to learn from your mistakes. I don't think that really gets to the essence of what a good video game is. No. And I don't think any movie can. Just as no movie adaptation of a good book can work out why you really enjoyed reading that novel, it can maybe relay that story in a new, interesting way. Yeah. And a dramatic way, even a better way. Mm. But I don't think it's going to... It's not going to be the video game. Because if you like games, you like them because you're interacting, you become that character, you're, you're mastering the system. Yeah. I, I think that's something that will always be lost in translation. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of think, though, like, you know, with this like, Last of Us stuff, you think, you play Last of Us, and I, I like, don't know about you guys, but I whacked that game down to easy played it through just for the story I was like I don't care about this game and shooting monsters and shit I don't care about that like I care about the characters and the storyline but when I'm watching a film of that what am I watching am I going to watch the entire thing am I going to watch like a reimagined am I going to watch them in a different situation or something like that like it's kind of strange yeah I don't know but yeah it's an interesting year coming up though uh, Warcraft and Assassin's Creed are coming out I think they're both going to be shite do you (laughs) I think they're both going to be really bad yeah well, I hope not. I hope not. Like, I really hope. I like. I really want to like Warcraft. I love the idea of like seeing things from the good and the bad side. I think that's going to be a really big thing in the next couple of years. And I, I, I kind of trust Duncan Jones a little bit, even though I wasn't a massive fan of Source Code. But it feels like there's so much love going into that film. But then uh, another film that had a lot of love going into was like the Daredevil movie. Like Ben Affleck loves Daredevil and going into it. I think. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. So Michael Fassbender doesn't give a shit about Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Assassin's Creed, like, that, that director knows how to make a good-looking movie. Yeah. And also he did what, Macbeth. Yeah, and what, Lush, they, yeah. what they're talking about that movie is, regardless of what you think of Assassin's Creed in terms of gameplay, obviously one of the weakest aspects of that series, because it's all supposed to be like free-running and climbing and stuff like that, and then you're just headbutting against the yeah. chimney for two hours. <laughs> um, Someone down there whispered, as, as you said, Macbeth, is like, you're not supposed to say that on stage, what are you doing? Oh. Well, you, you just jinxed us, what's going to happen now? It can't go any worse than it's nah, already going. And, um, <laughs> that is a cool concept for a movie series. Like, if you said, here's this cool thing where you can go, it's kind of like the TARDIS as a, yeah. as a story proposition. You can go anywhere, do anything, have fun. And it's kind of like the Matrix. You can go into any like, historical period 
and tell a cool sci-fi story. Yeah. As long as they don't get bogged down in kind of the convoluted stuff and lore that the games have done. Yeah. I think that's... It's, it's not bad. Like, and Fastbender's good, and I think the director's a really impressive yeah. director, so... I think if you strip it back to, like, Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, like... Those are interesting stories, I guess, yeah. before lots of different lore and stuff. Well, the problem happened. with that is the first Assassin's Creed, you're playing it, and all that stuff with Desmond that gets, like, retroactively, yeah. like, kind of shit upon is, like, because it, it never paid it off. It's like no, lost. Never. It's like setting all this cool stuff, and you're watching going, what does all this stuff mean? Why can't they have kids? Is this going to be, like, pay off for the sequel? And they don't. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing at all. So yeah. if they've, like, lay that down in the film, then that might be more satisfying than the games have ever been. Story wise, yeah. I tell you what's going to be good the Angry Birds movie. Mm? <laughs> People are laughing. I've seen some of it, it's really, really funny. Uh, it's that kind of thing in the way that when you heard they were doing a Lego movie, and it was mm. like, oh, I'm not going to watch that, and then it was really good. It's not going to be that good, but I've seen it. I've got to preempt. Balance that but, uh, what I saw of it, the half hour I saw is one of the funniest half hours I saw of anything last year. Really? So don't write off angry with it. Yeah, do you know what the hell? I mean, you have sold, you've told me this before. I think we had a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, they've got really good writers in. They've got brilliant writers in from Community and Saturday Night Live and, yeah. and, and then all the, all the voice actors. Were they Yeah, don't write it off. Uh, yeah, but they, they didn't want to spoil it, so... Although I've had no, the game, when, when you actually like, watched the movie, like the screen, were there actually pigs in the foyer? Uh, piglets. Piglets. Yeah, yeah. Well, like they, piglets. you have a piglet on your lap while you're watching it. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> no, there's a chicken. You can go, chicken you can go pet a piglet. You can go pet. <laughs> anyway, we're getting really off topic. Um, <laughs> In fact, let's Chris move on. will not watch a movie unless he has a piglet on his <laughs> It's a really weird rider. <laughs> Can I get a blanket? I don't want anyone to look at me. Can we talk about the Glasgow Film Festival before you're okay, you're okay, yes, 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 we get to the uh, feedback, of which yeah. there seems oh. to be very little? So if you have a question... Last year we had about 30 questions. If anyone's got anything and you've got given a bit of paper, please write something down, because uh, we're dying up here. Um, so, <laughs> we're each going to pick... Well, there's a bunch of great movies playing uh, this last couple of weeks at the film festival, and we're each going to pick our favourite. So, uh, Gav, do you want to say what you like best? Hi Rise. I saw this last night, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I think the, the last bit, I think, in your review, I think you said, kind of goes off a bit, but I think the setup and the characters, and it just looks incredible. I think it's Ben Whitley's best film. Um, and I like a lot of his films. It looks brilliant. The soundtrack is incredible. There's this Port Said cover of SOS, which is just amazing and isn't out yet, which is incredible. But everyone is brilliant in it as well. It's, it's really, really darkly funny. And it takes a lot for me to laugh at Jeremy Irons, but even Jeremy Irons is funny in it. Um, <laughs> Be honest though, is it just because of half naked Tom Hiddleston? And Sienna Miller, yeah. Both of them together, like it's pretty good. You see a lot. If you're a fan of Tom Hiddleston, you see a lot of him. A lot. And and Luke Evans actually as well. I was gonna say, who isn't a fan of Tom Hiddleston? No, I know. But he also, Luke Evans has got like these amazing sideburns in it, and he wears a vest at one point. And I'm telling you, he's gonna be our next Wolverine. I reckon. Just because of that, he looks incredible. I know. And what an accent! What an accent on that guy. Where's he from? Oh, yeah, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. You can. Yeah. Like, uh, you were talking about like, like game, video game movies that you think are just alright, but you didn't actually men- mention anything you think are good. Uh, uh, King of Kong, Last Starfighter. But actually, are, give me straight adaptations. Oh. What did you think of Final Okay, so for the audio, uh, we've been asked what we think is a good video game adaptation. Um, I actually don't think we've had anything better than okay. Do you, do you think there's a good one? 
Final Fantasy Spirits Within, I think, is the best one. Oh, that's shite. <laughs> Again, for the audio, that was Final Fantasy yeah. Spirits Within. <laughs> do, you, do you think it was really boring? Can you write down your questions and then we can get them on the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No worries. Um, it was a bit boring, though. It's really boring. Gelf, what do you really think about it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought Prince of Persia was okay. And it's one of the most successful ones. But it was just a, a bad mummy knockoff, which was a bad Indiana Jones knockoff. Mm. So... Uh, Silent Hill was a bit frightening. I think a lot of, like, you look at them and go, oh, they've got this visual riot, they kind of did that scene, but a lot of them don't really hold together as overall kind of movie experiences, I think, because yeah. I think they mistake what's kind of appealing about those properties. Yeah. They go, oh, it's, it's Pyramid Head for Silent Hill, it's this imagery, and that mm. movie has really scary imagery in it. Alien but, film, yeah. you know, I watch a lot of horror movies, and I like horror movies, but I get way more scared playing horror games because yeah. I feel genuinely threatened because I'm person controlling their character yeah, I'm not just course, identifying yeah. with them I am that person yeah. I, think I am the, vulnerable I think the people that really got it are the guys that did the Street Fighter Legacy short which then they turned into a web yeah. series which they're working their way up to trying to make a movie they, they're going to do a couple of web series coming up but a guy called Joey Anso we, we've supported on IGN because we, we like what he does but he's someone that loves the game and has figured out that well, you can't just adapt the game you need to tell a story there was that Mortal Kombat web series as well wasn't there was J. Michael White playing Jax yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So maybe the best stuff is happening in these online shorts and, and, yeah. and not in the, in the features, and someone yeah. needs to take a chance on someone that is really coming in understanding yeah. both mediums. Which yeah. I, think, I think that's been the problem. It's been people that understand one or other of the mediums, yeah, but not, not, not the I pair. think if you get that... Per- like Duncan Jones, like he plays Warcraft, he plays video games. I think he's sensitive to that process of taking one thing to another yeah. and making actually a really good film in itself. Yeah. And the problem comes when, like, I also think a person who has no knowledge of the source material, yeah. like with Assassin's Creed, sometimes it could be a benefit. Yeah. They're not trying to, like, oh, we need to do a first-person sequence. Yeah. We need to get that bit in Assassin's Creed where there's an eagle yeah. or something. Like, nobody yeah, cares about that if it means you're going to make a better movie. If you stay true to the spirit of the game, yeah. I think game fans will be... Well, that's yeah. enough. I think, I think you're right as well. There's a, there's a UK, like, YouTube channel that um, they... Like raise a shitload of money on Kickstarter, and they've been doing like Dragon Ball Z short films, and like they're huge Dragon Ball Z fans. I spoke to one of the guys, and they're like massive Dragon Ball Z fans. And when you watch the films, you can tell they know every single thing because it's just like they, the characters move in the exact same ways as the cartoon and stuff like that. And I think that's what you need. You need someone who like really loves that stuff and really knows that world to maybe do it. Mister, maybe Warcraft would be good. Dan, your favourite film at the festival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because it's uh, my favourite My well. favourite film is Green Room. Yeah. You Green, need to all get excited about so Green, Green Room. So Green Room is excellent. I really like movies that are kind of set in a single location. Yeah. Because um, I get attached to rooms. No, um, <laughs> Die Hard, like Dread, that kind of single location movie. Room. Room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cheery one there. Um, it's so... Mm, so it's about a band who play this kind of gig and they can't really escape the venue for reasons I won't really go into for yeah. fear of spoiling the movie. And Patrick Stewart plays the bad guy in the movie. And I don't think I've ever seen Patrick Stewart play a role quite like that. Mm. What did you think of Patrick Stewart then? I think he's good. I thought yeah. he was good. I thought his accent wasn't... His accent's bonkers. Terrible. Oh, was uh, he doing an accent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really... I, initially, <laughs> I think, I think so initially, that is literally the point then, because initially I thought he was, and then I thought, oh, it's Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart, isn't it? Does that happen, like, when you get to, like, a certain... Because it feels like when actors get to a certain age or a certain sort of notoriety, they can just do, 
I'm just doing my voice. Like, what voice are you going to do today, Anthony Hopkins? I'll be doing my same voice. Yeah. Like, but you are going to be playing Odin. I'll be doing the same voice. Mainly doing the Ian McKellen <laughs> voice today, because yeah. I am Ian McKellen. It's very good, though. If you like uh, early John Carpenter, like yeah. Assault on Precinct 13 or The Thing, yeah. something like that, it's, it's, it's like... It's... And also, if you're a big fan of Stanley Knives. Oh. Spoiler alert. That's not a spoiler. They're making a card for their mum. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really screamish. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it on Monday and had to leave the film, then go somewhere really bright. And, the, and the, the nicest place I could find was an Apple shop. So I just walked around an Apple shop for about ten minutes, just talking to the really nice, smiley people, just to recover from that film a bit. And it and it worked. So make sure you're near. And you got locked in an Apple yeah. shop. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the, the one I like that I really recommend to people is a film called Sing Street, which is coming out in a month or two, and it's a musical, which is not my thing at all. But it's set in Dublin in the eighties, and it's about a kid who uh, he's about fourteen. He has a crush on a girl who's about seventeen, and the only way he can feel like he can get to her heart is by starting off a band. And so he starts off the worst band you've ever seen. <laughs> but they shoot their own videos on VHS cameras, okay. and as the film goes on, they kind of they progress with their videos, and they first it's Duran Duran inspired, then Depeche Mode. Yeah, it's just a really funny, lovely film. The songs are actually quite good. It's yeah. the guy that wrote and directed Once, if anyone saw that, oh, yeah, really which good. has some lovely songs. So the music's yeah. better than it should be. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just a really lovely film. Guaranteed to put a smile on your face, Gav. Nice. When you were a kid, what is the most embarrassing thing you ever did to try and impress a girl? Did you start a band? Mm. Don't you, put me on the spot. No. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. There's loads. <laughs> did you, did you ever do lot. anything really embarrassing? I probably got on stage and sang at a holiday camp or something. <laughs> you, mean, you say probably. Did you actually? <laughs> That's so specific. Yeah. I probably I got on stage. I probably got on stage and sang a Shaken Stevens song <laughs> called This Old House. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm hey, just. Hey, wait, we've got a stage. We've got a microphone. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Dan? You know I've never spoken to a girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got a good story though, Gav. Um, yeah, I once gave a card that I was trying to give to... I was eight years old, and I was trying to give it to an eight-year-old, uh, but I ended up... Good to clarify. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> key, that's key. Um, but I ended up, by accident, giving it to a three-year-old, saying, can you give it to this girl? The three-year-old completely misunderstood, thought it was for herself, and then I had a teacher come to me like... Why are you giving... Oh, my God. Why are you, why are you giving <laughs> Valentine's cards to three-year-olds? So you're an eight-year-old pedo. Why are you... Was eight year old, <laughs> eight-year-old pedo. I was pedo. a pedo when I was eight years old. I didn't know that was possible. Why are you giving it to you a three-year-old? You weren't even pubic. What can a three-year-old do? Because um, I wanted her to give it to the nine-year-old. Let's follow Can we cut this? <laughs> cut this. Well, we already uh, cut out the Nintendo thing. Feedback. You don't know okay. my world, mate. You don't know Feedback. my world. Okay. So, um, question number one. Yeah. No name. So if you have any questions, bring them down, definitely, yeah. Does Gav have any grooming tips for his magnificent beard? Is that a real question? <laughs> yes. Spread it out. I thought you were taking a piss. <laughs> no, that's an actual question. Uh, I use a v- variety of different products on it. I use uh, beard moisturiser, which also moisturises your skin. The tears of an eight-year-old child. Tears of an three-year-old child. Two younger. Eight. Yeah, um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Just make sure you keep it clean. And if you ever get to a point where there's food in it, then you don't deserve to have a beer. So, like, shave it off. But that's my advice. Too many for now. There's too many now. Too many now. <laughs> All right. This one says, "Please dye your hair pink." <laughs> from, about Je- you? from Jen. 
Good for you. All of us. All of us. All right, I can do that. Um, uh, you didn't even mention how terribly good Max Payne was. Oh, yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. I just completely forgot about Max Payne. It's terribly good. No, it's awful. New. <laughs> New. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, everything was in capitals. <laughs> I was like, in the film or in the... <laughs> um, I'm doing a presentation on pure games journalism. I'm right, just okay. checking that's not about us. Okay, so I was wondering whether you had any examples of pure games journalism. Pure. Pure. Poor. You know where I'm from. Poor. You know where I'm from. I mean poor. Okay. I, I mean what I mean. Poor. Um, cheers, Andrew. I think... Put us in a tricky spot there. We'll probably, te- we'll probably tell you in the bar afterwards. Yeah. yeah. We can't take I definitely think you should check out Okai the New is Gaming's Greatest Scott. <laughs> well, one thing I definitely will say is if there's a game journalist that you particularly maybe don't like, add them on PS4, uh, PSN or uh, <laughs> Xbox because... Now and again, they'll just say yeah, and then you can check how long they've actually been playing games for. And a lot of, a lot of game journalists do not play that game for very long. <laughs> so you unlock that thing, did you? I don't think you can yeah. if you've only played it for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now this is a cracking question. Okay. What is the best game adaptation of a film? The Toy Story games. The Toy Story games were brilliant. Pardon? Yeah, in isolation, that's well good. But what? Toy Story 2. Okay. Toy Story 3 is really, really good. Toy Story 3 basically invented the, uh, like the toy box thing that now Disney Infinity uses. Ripped off, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the same, must be the same people. They've just gone, you've come up with a really good thing there, and uh, like ripped it off. So yeah, I think that, in isolation, I think, yeah, it's just brilliant, because that's one of those things that just takes the world and makes something super interesting with it. Uh, but other than that, like, the games that usually go along with films... Never very good. Well, they've become... They're a joke now, but when I was playing games in the mid-'80s, I mean, every other game has been an adaptation of a film, and you would buy them. I bought... There was so much I bought. Robocop. uh, Terminator. There was just... And they were all just terrible um, side-scrolling platform games that just didn't really work, but you bought them. Turtles... The Turtles Arcade game was good back then. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's really good. Diod Arcade as well is brilliant. Dan, favourite? Um, even though they're not very good, I enjoy a lot of the Spider-Man games because I like that idea yeah. of just being able to swing through New York, and that's quite a fun thing. The rest of the game around it is absolute trash. Did we talk about this recently somewhere? Probably. Because I think we were said, always talking about. Because I think you said you were in the minority, but I actually think those Activision Spider-Man games. I remember sitting at my friend's house and we were literally just playing Spider-Man, going around New York, collecting climbing little the, collectibles, yeah. climbing up buildings, going, "What are we doing?" Climbing to like the highest point possible. And then Why don't we off. have any friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got one that says, uh, "With the fall inverted commas of game trailers, how would IGN, a similar website, avoid the same pitfall that took that website from us?" So basically saying, how are we going to make sure that we don't go out of business? <laughs> you don't have to read out every question. No, I don't. I'm, just, I'm just saying. That, that's why I put that, that down. That, and that, is, that, that is not our it's job. Seemed, no, it seemed like a conversation for the bar. No, because I, I was worried. Are we going out of business? Do they know something that we don't? <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, shit. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Let someone else worry about Let that. Someone that's, else like, worry about that's like the ads people. Yeah. That's their job. Alex's job. And that's yeah. why he's not here. That's he's not a, our he's job. at home worrying about it. I got I got one from George Alexander asking about Street Fighter V's um, lack of content. What I will say is we've recorded this week's podcast already. 
have a listen because mm. Dell talks about it a lot. So yeah, uh, he he's annoyed about it and to, to just put Our it together. Face. And yeah, and and Gab doesn't give a shit <laughs> as usual. There you go. You can have that one. Okay, keep going. Uh, what is the worst film to video game adaptation? That's from Dave. Okay. Okay. So the opposite of yeah. Uh, all the ones the I listed earlier from the 80s. Super Mario Well, was, E.T., yeah. I guess, is the famously the worst, because it just the, the game was broken. Yeah. They had no time to um, put it together. They were given a month to make this game. Yeah. If you've ever played Friday, yeah, Friday the 13th on the NES as well, that's awful. You think, oh, Friday the 13th, I love that. I'm going to get this game. Then you start playing, and you'll be like, what's going on here? Like, who am I? And it's just, just grey buildings and blocks everywhere, and you have to collect other grey blocks. Yeah. You've not seen Friday the 13th, mate. It's like, how have you got the wonder he's he's incensed. Yeah. I guess like a lot of those games that come out when they just like just whack them out. Like I think like any minions games or anything like that. Like (laughs) minions game. Game Boy like Game Boy Advance had a lot of them. Like Game Boy Advance it seems like they just chucking out stuff. There's an elf game, like a Will Ferrell elf type. I know, we had to play it. You played it, didn't you? There's a lot of Christmas games. So yeah. we did this thing at Christmas And Gremlins played... Gremlins <laughs> So we did this thing at Christmas Where we played a different Christmas game for yeah. Every day Leading up to Christmas It was fucking hell Look. on earth By the end of it <laughs> It was an idea that I had Because I just started at the company And I was like Oh I, you know When you first start a company You're like I want to be keen Like I've got this new initiative And I did it And by the end I was like I fucking don't want to work Coming in on Sundays <laughs> To play Elf <laughs> Yeah Oh What are we doing <laughs> Like we have been in Utah I was like Cooper do you mind coming in on Sunday So we can play Gizmo versus Stripe On the Game Boy Advance <laughs> <laughs> I just got these visions of you Putting an elf in the fire Or something Oh yeah. yeah That's a good game That is yeah. What was that? I think it's called like, like clean uh, up. Visceral Cleanup or something like that, yeah. Fucking amazing game. No, yeah. Really, really good. I mean, I've got, I've got a question from someone that I'm not sure knows what the word abbreviation means. That's the same guy. But, yeah, good. Dave, hello, mate. Um, give an alternative abbreviation for IGN. F-C-T. I? You've got to abbreviate it. It's I, G, or N. But he's written on that piece of paper upside down, so... N-G-I. Done. Also, like... I watched Zodiac again recently. Why, why is he writing the, the two different questions in two different types of handwriting? Yeah, Dave. <laughs> no, one's in capitals. One's in capitals. That's not in capitals. Yeah, why? It's like the end of the jinx. What's he doing? Dave, what's going on? <laughs> Dave, where are you? Right That's the guy who offers a drink. I'm fucking glad we said no. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Dave. <laughs> what have you got? Have you got any more? You got ones you don't want to read no, out at no, this point. Like massive ta- Look, this is a There's very, down there. this is an incredibly oh, yeah. valid question, but it's slightly off topic. But I think we okay, should, I think we should answer it. Okay, we've got we've got four or five minutes, so I think, I think, let's end on this one maybe. But it's off time, I mean, a bit more on a tangent. But what the fuck is going on with Batman v Superman? <laughs> well, I said that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't normally have that language on the podcast, so you're gonna have to bleep We're that. We're doing editing anyway. So. Okay. <laughs> I think it, like, I don't know, I know the trailer, that trailer with Doomsday looked awful, but I'm still really excited for it. Does anybody else feel like that? Yes! Yay! That's a good one guy. That's Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Shark. <laughs> he looks skinny in that photo, <laughs> didn't he? He yeah. looks skinny, he's lost some weight, so there's something going on. because he's just been trawling through comments after that Doomsday joke. It's like, oh fuck, what have I done? <laughs> Another F word. Um... <laughs> I, don't, I, th- I think 
We don't know what that film is. Maybe Zack Snyder doesn't know what that film we know, is. We know that it's probably going to have to be five hours long, <laughs> yeah. at least. I, I think it's really interesting. It's got an R rating for the... I don't know oh, if you nice. saw that was announced. That yeah, the, for the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray and DVD, they're going to have a director's cut that's R-rated. Mm. So... That's interesting. Yeah. There's going to be blood spilled. Doomsday has no trousers on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, I've got no, that as they well. probably panicked this week and just paid a load of money to get Deadpool in to say the c word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, Wonder Woman says the c word. Yeah. Yeah. Put that on Blu-ray. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of perversely most excited for that. And it's not long. It's, it's yeah. in the next. Three weeks, isn't it, or something? And I didn't even—I didn't like Man of Steel either. And like, I don't think I've liked anything of Zack Snyder for ages. I, I feel like I'm going to go into that film going, "Yeah, oh god, all right, okay, I get what it is." Don't know. Anybody else? We don't know. We don't know. No. Don't ask them because they've got no mics. Oh yeah, you've it's got to edit this stuff. I don't care. It's fine. Um, from Joe Matt, this is actually a really good question. Uh, which Matt? He's scribbled it like. Kevin Spacey from Seven, but it's fine. Why, why are we having a go at people's handwriting? I don't know. Which Metal Gear would you make into a movie? P.S. Metal Gear Saw Five ending was perfect. Uh, I think your handwriting's fine, Joe. For a start. Um, um, which Metal Gear would I make into? I think Two. Like Two makes a really good film. Like Snake Eater would be really good. I'll go Eleven. Eleven. I'm not. I'm not playing. I, I kind of like I really like the story for four even though it's kind of boring a little bit I think that would make the best film if you made that like Syriana like one of those like boring like, make it like Syriana but better yeah make it like that but better I think I don't know what do you think I think again like one would be good like Metal Gear Solid because it's single location yeah infiltrating one base have you seen um, you just don't like stress do you like you're trying to think like I logistics don't like, I don't like travelling <laughs> in a movie where are we now? Somewhere else. Not doing it. How's he, how's he got that many suits with him? Can we film it all in one warehouse? Yeah, I like I'm not doing it. A prequel called Metal Gear Soft? <laughs> Sorry. I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we got time for maybe one or two more. Dance on you. Okay, Fraser. Three kisses. Thank you, Fraser. Uh, why do some people hate the new Star Wars so much? Who hates it? No one hates it. Which two? Oh, we fucking hate it. Fraser and someone probably. <laughs> why do you why do you hate it? Say it and we'll say it back really quickly. Uh, he says, I'm a big dumb idiot and I don't know what to talk about. In case you couldn't pick that up then. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting point. What's the next question? What's the, what's the next question? I feel like we're going to end on that. Yeah, I feel bad. It's literally 7.30 on my phone. Excellent. So. Let's do that then. Oh, that's grim though, isn't it? What? But people here have got Man v Snake. Excellent, Actually, yeah. no one here cheered when I said it, so no one's watching it. Christ. You can maybe still buy tickets, I don't know, but if you yeah. can't see it another time. Um, but thank you all for coming down. Thank you to the Glasgow Film Festival for having us back. Thanks to Emma for organising this room, which I think is awesome. So good. Um, there's some great games to play over there. Uh, we're going to be in the bar through there if you want to have a drink with us. And... Yeah, as usual, to people listening, thank you. And people watching, thank you. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.